Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. Brand new episode. Just want to get with you guys. I have some regular guests here, Mr. Craig McElhaney and Craig. Sorry, just kidding. Craig McElhaney and Christina Baker. <laughs> we were just talking trash before I hit record, so that's why I messed that up. So welcome, guys. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been together. So, Craig, I think it's been a couple months. Christina, you were... Well, I think it's been about a month since we saw uh, did a podcast last time, right? Probably last time with Craig. Craig just did out early last time. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. So I guess it's been that long. So a couple months. So I'm um, trying to catch back up on the podcast. I have been um, a little busy. It's been um, a good busy, though. It's been very, very busy when it comes to traveling. I have had the craziest three months that I've had in this sport so far. I have traveled for three months straight. Um, every single weekend I've either had a match or a class to give, uh, I've even thrown in like a full week's worth of classes in California. So I was there for even a week in California, which what a great place that is to be. Um, yeah, so it was, it's been crazy, man. It's been very, very crazy. So this year we actually went to area one together. So that was kind of cool. We've never been, uh, I've never been to area one. So we went to, uh, Billings, Montana this year, right? Yep. Yeah, I think we lost Christina. Christina. There we there she is. Little little bad internet. Christina wanted to sit outside for some reason today. <laughs> is it me? I thought it was you guys. No, no, you froze she's, up. She's, yeah, she's freezing up. Yeah. But we had um so we all just came back from Montana and we went to Area One and it was a very, very successful trip for all of us. So I was lucky enough to win uh carry optics. Christina, how'd you do? Uh, I took high PCC lady and third place B class in PCC. The best match I've seen you shoot in a long time, by the way. And I've been watching you shoot, obviously, all of them. So, Mr. Craig, how'd you do? Uh, third overall PCC. How did you do in master? Where did you place that in there? Um, second. Second in master. master? Yeah. So, um, overall, how do you feel like you shot, Christina? I shot. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and give it to myself. I shot very well, especially considering everything going on in my life at the time. I was sick, not feeling well. I was out all week sick that week work. My dog died, um, but y'all helped with that part. Um, I so I didn't touch my gun all week versus I or maybe longer than a week um because i was spending time with my dog and or just laying in bed uh so i was i was pretty beat up when i got in montana um so i am very happy with how i shot i shot very well despite everything else and i recently had this i was stuck a little bit i had like regressed and i i just wasn't it just wasn't there and then I got that back before I got sick and, and it was there when I came to the match, lots of prayer, lots of praying. <laughs> it came through and I came through too. So I, I want to come right back to that. Um, but part of the reason why Craig and I helped you is because we were kind of nurturing the entire uh, match. So <laughs> I, uh, I, that, I just want to make sure that that's out there in the world that Craig and I are very kind and nurturing and would, we never talked trash to you or gave you a hard time. We were just kind and nurturing. We knew you were a little fragile for the whole weekend. So we were just kind exactly. and nurturing and, you know, <laughs> bringing your spirits up the entire time. Okay. So Craig, go ahead. How did you do at your match? You like how I blocked her off? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I just muted. <laughs> hey her silence is confirmation that that's, that's accurate uh, absolutely you're kind of nurturing obviously that's awesome. so, so, crap i've gotten in a weekend a little uh, uh, wink wink guys on that one yeah that's awesome oh my god monumental amount of smack talk <laughs> i'm in hmm. craig got a break for the weekend i'm pretty sure <laughs> oh yeah so how do you feel craig how do you feel like how do you feel shot um i i feel like it's a uh like a tale of two matches of the first day i am uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I was it was real good man i shot very well um consistent as hell i was fast i was you know where i wanted to be and then i looking at um 
max points available by the end of the first day. I was um, 11 down from Josh Cardenas, who, who won. Um, and there's a lot to unpack. This is going to open up other stuff about sleep, but, um, and I hate saying that crap. I hate making excuses because it's not, but damn, I could not sleep the whole night. I was up the whole night. I could not sleep, couldn't shut my brain off, which is very rare for me, extremely rare. But as a 51 year old who doesn't get any, who got zero sleep, the next day was very tough to focus, very tough. And I had, you know, some, I was way off the pace and my focus was just not there. And it was very tough. I was able to hang on to third place barely, but you know, there was a lot of stuff there. I could have, you know, it is what it is, you know, however, um, I have to be able to change that. And I, you know, I need to look at other alternatives. You know, I took melatonin. It didn't work. Um, it usually works for me at home, but just there, I couldn't shut my brain off. So, you know, maybe looking at something else to at least shut myself down and get some sleep. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have sleep be the a deciding factor in how I perform. Um, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of mistakes I can make just on my own. I don't need to have other things there to punish me. And so that's, that's something I have to look at, you know, um, would it, would I have won? No, would it have changed the outcome? Probably not, but, but my points would have been way better. You know, like one stage I had nine Charlies, which is impossible for me. You know, that was the last day, you know, the first day it's one Charlie, two Charlie, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's not even the big, even the long, the big courses. So there was just a lot there, you know, it was tough, man. The second day was, was pretty tough. Um, yeah, know. I'm looking at your scores right now. <laughs> Josh is not a master, by the way, um, even though he is. So no, he he's a great won, shooter. He's good. He would have won first there. Um, but yeah, he's. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, I know, but it's just, I'm looking at it. I'm going, okay. So like you shot as a master though, right? You shot a master, you shot a master run. You, you would have won uh, as a master. It was tight because the guy below you was 1273 and you were 1297 and then Cardi was 1434 so obviously there's there's levels to this shit you know what I mean so I don't I you know my opinion bro I just I always think you're fat you can go faster and I I you know the re the res reservation sometimes that you have for your accuracy over get at it you know what I mean so there was a couple stages that I was like okay he's been practicing his speed and it was like, look, the movement's there, the movement's there, but then it was just, it's not consistent, right? And that's the thing that that comes with time, right? It's just identifying that and crushing it. But mm -hmm. I thought you shot a really good match. Um, I, I think that match is, in general, for us, day two was terrible for both all of us. Like, it was definitely an issue. Like, it's crazy because all of us went to bed early. Like, I went to bed early. I had, yeah, I should have had six early. to seven hours of sleep. Yeah. You went to bed before we did. Right. Uh -huh. Like I stayed up and just yeah. kind of had to relax a little bit more. And I went to bed like, cool, I got I'm going to get five or six hours. And I didn't get any of that. I think maybe I got two hours if I was lucky, like of yeah. decent. I looked at my watch and it said I got 45 minutes of sleep. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, maybe maybe I did not did not get yeah. any sleep because that, that was yeah. pretty much trash. Um, I'm not you got everybody should know by now. I'm definitely not that excuse guy. I don't make those things. I don't I don't exactly. really like them. So but it does affect your shooting and where it affects your shooting isn't even the energy level, uh, the aggressiveness. It affects your shooting when it comes to going really fast. Like when you start to go really, really fast. The focus isn't always there like you. It's you can't really see anything at that speed. Yeah because you have to have the, 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 the energy and the, the mental fortitude and all those things lined up for everything to work well. So uh, yeah, man, it was, it was an interesting day. It was an interesting day. I, I, I came in on um, day two and I was winning by 40 points. If I shoot the match, like I'm supposed to, I win the match by almost 80 points. I ended up winning the match by 10 points. So yeah. you can imagine I was pretty pissed. Um, I was not happy with my performance on, on day two at all. Not even close. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Dude, I'm looking at, I'm 11 points down from Josh. Yeah. Way up on Mason. And then that's just, it was, it was tough. Listen, I, you know, I could, I could, I remember seeing myself as a 20 year old running calls up all night. No problem. Next day, 30 year old, 40, man, 51, zero sleep coming in. <sighs> That was punished. I don't think I don't think age really matters. I think I think it hurts <laughs> everybody the same, right? Like obviously, if you're so the thing is, is when you're 20, you just don't feel it, but it still messes you up. 
right? You're like, your body's sure. just not a hundred percent. So yeah. Oh no. But I, I figured you'd kind of bring that up in, in what you had to say. So that's why I waited to talk about Christina. <laughs> so when Christina talked about just a few seconds ago about her issues with how she feel like she lost it and she didn't have it and she got in a rut, it's because she shoots after 24 hours oh, yeah. of working and then yeah. goes to the range and goes, Hey guys, I'm here ready to go. And it's like, no, Christina, it doesn't work that way. You have to have rest before you go shoot. Yeah. And it's just, it's just how it works. And I think that something, one of my big breakthroughs this year uh, that I've really learned is that you have to rest before you go to these matches. And, and one of our biggest one of the biggest flaws with me is I really enjoy going out to dinner with my friends and going out to yeah. eat. You hit so, the nail on the head there, dude. I was going to tell you that. We went yeah. out to eat that night uh, on Saturday night. We went out to eat. We were done semi-early, went out Saturday night. So we were done by, I think we were home by nine or 10, but we were done at the match at five or six and then walk stages or whatever. So we went to eat. <laughs> so before I forget to say this, we were so tired that we went to eat and left oh, all yeah. of our guns, our gun. all of our gear, our piece, the two PCCs, my pistol bag, everything in the back of the pickup truck PCCs. where we couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and when ate for, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was, and came back out and it was all still there. So we were pretty fortunate. Small town Montana either. It was uh, one of the highest crime rate cities like like the jails were last time I lived there, the jails were full. And I told everybody about that and how the kids steal cars and stuff. when we did that. That's... So we got pretty lucky and um, didn't make that mistake again. I mean, we, everywhere we went, we were like, put the stuff inside. We were just making sure at that point, we even went to the mountains and made sure everything was inside. So it was one of those things where you're like, yeah, you're out in the country, but that doesn't, you know, you're, you're not home. So you got to, you really don't know, but that's how tired we were. So we stayed at dinner for like two hours as soon as we finished eating dinner, I looked at Craig and I was like, this was pretty stupid. <laughs> like we should have just grabbed the shit and left. But I, you know, it's, it's 20 minutes to get home. The food's not going to be hot. You know, you're thinking, Oh, cool. The restaurant will just be quick. It wasn't. Um, it just, it just wasn't. It never is. It, we it waited usually for never is. Too. What's that? We waited for our roommates. Also. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good friend. So I try to, if, if we're staying with somebody, I try to include them. I try not to be, you know, a loner. I, I enjoy company. That's why we stay with people. If I wanted to be alone, I just get a hotel by myself, but I enjoy this sport for the people. It's something that I really, really, I don't want to lose because I get become competitive. Um, I've had to stop shooting with all of my friends just so that because they don't all take it as serious as I do. So for me, sometimes they're a distraction because I care more about how they shoot than sometimes myself. And it's hard to turn the coach off. So I have to like, all right, cool, man. I, I, I'm going to go shoot over here with this squad or, or whatever it is. So I haven't been very good about that. <laughs> I still hang out with my friends and shoot with my friends, but it's definitely a decision that I've had to make uh, this year was actually, it's funny because it's coming up, but nationals this year, I made the super squad and I could have easily said, no, I'm just going to go shoot with my friends, but I wanted that next level of competition. So I chose to shoot on the super squad this year um, and, and kind of, you know, give it a go and see how it feels. Cause that's really my goal is to be in the top five or top 10 in the sport anyway. So it's, you got to be up there with those guys. You got to get that level of competition. It, it definitely changes the way you shoot. I, I do. I, I really like the pressure of shooting with better shooters anyway. And it's not because I'm trying to do better than them. It's just, I like that pressure, right? It just, it, it jacks me up and gets me rolling. So, but it was very cool to like, kind of have you say that Christina. Cause I'm like, look, <laughs> you never hit a rut. You never. And, I, and I've been telling her this for months. Like you're right there. You, you had, you're right on the verge of the breakthrough. And I feel like you finally hit it at this match. Uh, unfortunately you didn't feel good, which you could tell. Um, I mean, she couldn't breathe out of her nose and <laughs> you know, all this shit, we go into high altitude. She doesn't feel good. So it's, it's that if there's a time when you guys shoot and this is everybody, not just them, that you're going to feel like, man, I'm gaining stuff. I feel good, but I'm just, I'm not getting the hits. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. That's the verge of the breakthrough. That's the breakthrough that you're finding. And what happens is just in that breakthrough, you make a ton of mistakes, right? You're finding all kinds of problems and you're only looking at the negative, but you're not realizing like, 
oh my God, I'm three seconds faster than I used to be. But you don't remember how much you sucked because you're, you have improved so much. So I'll give you a great example. And I, and I talk about this and I, I, I'm going to toot this girl's horn until she quits shooting. She has hit the podium at every single match this year that she has shot, area matches, everything, everything from last year hitting zero. Just high lady. Now we're talking, I don't give a shit about high lady. We're talking about B-class podiums. That's, and I, I hate to say this, guys, but B-class is no joke. It's the freaking most ridiculous packed sandbag division I've ever seen in my life <laughs> in the entire sport. Everybody's a B-class. For the last five years, there's B-class guys that are just slammed in there that aren't B-class people. So again, it's, it's, it, it, I'm very proud of you. Like it's, it's very awesome. It just frustrates me that you think you sucked <laughs> because you don't, you shoot with 48 hours, you know, 24 hours of no sleep. And then you go out there. I'm like, ah, oh, I had four mics. Well, no shit. <laughs> Surprised you can hold the gun up. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't do that with no sleep. Got to rest. That's how it works. Day one, I slept. That was, I felt very bad. Great. I tell you what, I got a full night's sleep that the day before that match and I felt it. I'm like, I don't even know what this feels like. I shot, I went out my first stage and I happened to not be first, which that might've not hurt either. Cause you like super jacked up like yeah. your very first stage. I didn't feel that so much in that. And I had this like strange calm come over me like right before I shot, it was, it was a blessing. But um, I just, didn't think or stress or anything and I was just like I'm just gonna go shoot this and it happened and it was feels it was, good it, doesn't it yeah it it did yeah. and I'm like okay I need to get that and part of getting that is gonna be eight hours of sleep I you know we talked today you know I slept and I'm like oh, I shot pretty bad I was freaking tired and you're like well you gotta learn how to shoot when you're tired I'm like well yeah but also I need to like when it comes down to it, I need to sleep. So there's a, there's a, and I, I want to explain that because I'm glad she brought that up. So like, obviously guys, if you ever listen to this podcast, we just, there's none of this is planned. We just have a great conversation and just roll through it. So this is something I'd literally just talked to her about. Uh, the only reason I won area one this year was because I was able to separate the, the exhaustion that I was going through the tiredness. I mean, I took, I was yawning before I shot, like, not just like, a, oh man, you know, I'm tired. I mean, I was like, like a big, huge yawn before I shot my stage. I was like two shooters away and I'm yawning. So like, and I was just super tired and beat up and I, I've been traveling a lot. And I think that was my, I don't know, that was my like seventh or eighth weekend in a row of traveling, right? And Montana is not a close, easy trip. The layover sucks. Oh my God, the flight getting there was a oh, son of a God. bitch. Like it was one of our worst flights. It was delayed. We Everything. didn't get in there till one o'clock or two o'clock at two o'clock in the morning. So it's just, it's just part of traveling to a match. But you know, when you, you have to learn that when you're not your best and you're not physically or mentally your best to separate all of that. And how you do that is you spend more time on the walkthrough, the breakdown, and the right before you get ready to shoot, you work on keeping your eyes shut and you just walk that stage and think about all the small details, not the fast draw, not the accuracy. You should already know how to do all those things. All of that stuff is just effort, right? The accuracy is going to be there because you're focusing on it during your breakdown, you're in your walkthrough. You have to walk away from everybody and you've got to spend more time, double the amount of time that you normally would to walk that stage in your head. And you, when it's time, you got to get up. You, you, you have to understand there's 15 seconds of glory in this sport and you got to go get it. Cause if you don't go get it, <laughs> they certainly ain't going to hand it to you. Cause I'm not, I'm going to come somebody like, I'm going to tell you right now, anybody I shoot against at my level is coming to get it. They're not waiting for me to give it to them. Isaac wasn't giving it to me. Uh, Luke wasn't giving it to me. I had to go get it period. I had to go get it. So you have to learn to separate whatever's the problem. You got an injury. That doesn't matter when you're shooting. I don't give a shit how hurt I am. I, my, my legs have been killing me since nationals. Uh, I don't care. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'll walk out of there on crutches before I don't put the effort in. 
I just, I refuse to quit on myself. You have to do that to yourself. It, it's just all there is to it. So you have to learn to separate all of that bullshit that's in life. Your kids, your wife, your husband, whatever it is, that's messing you up. And when it's time to be on that range, you got to learn to separate it. And there's no champion in this, any sport that doesn't do that period. Mason Lane shot two national championships, one handed and beat the shit out of 90% of us. <laughs> yes. Like, and he did not complain about it right. either. You know, right. it, it hurt his soul so bad not to win when he was shooting awesome one handed. I mean, Nils is a, Nils is a great example. Uh, two years ago, he shot a minor, he shot minor and lost. Did he bitch and complain that he shot minor? Nope. What did he do? He came back next year and won the match shooting minor, same exact way. So again, it's what, whatever you want to turn into an excuse is very easy. If you want to put it in and make an effort on it, you can use it as a good thing. Be like, all right, man, look, I'm going to learn from this every single time, but you have to focus on it. You got to make it a point to really like, all right, I'm tired. I've got to focus extra hard here, but it's not easy. I'm not, <laughs> it's not easy. It's better to get eight hours of sleep, but that's not always realistic for people. The other so, thing you can do is you can try to eliminate um, all of those things as best you can, the things you can control, right? Um, you can control when you go to bed or screw around and hang out for three or four more. You know what I mean? Like we can't help getting in, you know, from a plane flight at 2 a.m. You know, we didn't get into the place till 3 a.m. But like, you know, the other things, whatever you can control, you should concentrate and try to control as much as possible. Because that's there's a, that's much the reason why we came in early, though. Yeah, right, we came exactly. in, we came in Thursday. Absolutely. So in case knowing that's a very long trip, we came in Thursday yep. and walk stages Friday and then shot Saturday, Sunday. So we came yep. in fr Thursday night. So we were I mean, we still had the hotel and the car and all that stuff. But we were lucky enough that we plan it all ahead. So we don't have that that problem. You know, yep. time change. There's a, a two hour difference or three hour difference there versus where we live. So that that all matters. Right. That <laughs> now I'm it, you know, it's it's six o'clock in the morning there and it's uh you know eight or nine here in my house and i'm going man why am i awake at six in the morning yeah. <laughs> oh that's right you know so those are all things that you have to think about as you become a competitor in this sport uh if you want to take it more serious right and i know a lot of people just kind of like go through the sport like oh man i don't understand why i'm not because you're not thinking about all the little shit that actually affects your shooting and there's a lot of little things that affect your shooting in this sport for sure a lot of little things so, but I've, st I've started flying in two days early now, if I can, because then something happens and then you're only there a day early. That happened to me at Dragon's Cup. I tried really hard because I remember that he was such a huge, huge, you add over a hundred degrees and no sleep. And it is, it's, it's not going to work out. Well, it worked out very bad. But this year, I tried to get there two days early. It didn't work out. But even then, I was still packed up because, you know, my bags were at the airport packed up. And even just that and getting there in the afternoon without staying up all night to get there before. I mean, that that makes a huge difference. And I've it's kind of ridiculous how much I revolve my entire life and my even my job choice around being able to do that. Um, try quitting your job. job. Try quitting your job like me after 15 years in a career. And I quit my job for this. Sport. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> We're considering chase your dream. Yeah. Go after yeah. it. That's right. You are one of Would you, uh, uh, three, oh. four people off the top of my head that have actually done that, quit their job and dedicated it to, shooting sports it's a pretty amazing feeling I'll t i'm not gonna lie i um i still pinch myself a lot and i still like i'll get messages about things that i do online and stuff that i post and they're like man this is I, thank you so much for posting this and i'm just like yeah it was worth it like all the effort that i put in and everything i put into this sport those messages mean everything man they're they're pretty awesome you know it's and and it's crazy because I'm not a big, like, I don't really boast a lot about winning or doing well or whatever it is, but when I win, you really know how many people follow you. Cause it's, it's like, it's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool feeling.
So you're actually <laughs> accepting that now that you won and you're not beating yourself up that you don't win by more. No, I'm still beating myself up. I shot like shit yeah, on day two. You're, you're talking well. Yeah. What did you talking- think of the overall? What did you think of the match, Tom? Um, I really like the match. I will tell you, I'm learning this very. I'm learning this the hard way. So I'm trying to change the way I, the way I talk about it at a match. I don't think that walking stages can really give you the feeling for how a match is going to shoot. Um, I was very, very, very disappointed when I walked up to area one um, when I first got there. And the reason why was I spent a lot of money to get there. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, yeah, man, we're going to get these like, you know, dragon cup type of stages. And and once you go to a match like dragon's cup, it's very difficult to kind of go, okay, everything, this is a good match. Right. So I'm about the shooting. I'm not about the, I don't need like a parade or, or like really nice bathrooms or great clubhouses. I need quality stages that I get to have fun shooting. I want to shoot. That's what I'm, that's why I spent all this money doing. So when I first walked up to the match, I was like, this is terrible. Like these stages are terrible. Like these are going to be super easy, short stages. Right. And when I shot them, I was like, these are a lot of fun. Like, these are actually really good stages. Now, that being said, my only real complaint about the entire match was no options on stages. (laughs) Like, there was a lot of forced positions, which irritates the daylight out of me because you don't give anybody options to do anything different. And to me, what makes a good match or even a good stage is options. Like, and I don't mean like start on the left or start on the right. Okay, those are, those are like, the two choices we have on every stage, but like, there's nothing that says I can start here in the middle and steal a position or do this or do that. Like when you force start positions, it limits you that everybody's going to run the same stage, the state run the stage, the same exact way. That was my really like, and I'm, I'm learning that to not pass judgment on the match. And that's why I don't ever go online and go, Oh, this match is terrible before I shoot it ever. I, I, I don't do that anyway, really. I don't talk a lot of shit about matches because I know what it takes to put them on, but I really like, I, I've got to change my mindset when I, cause I remember two years ago, I went to nationals and I was like, these are terrible. <laughs> like, I don't like these stages at all. And then I shot them and I was like, this is one of the best matches I've ever shot. They just shot better than they walked. Does that, does that make sense? Yep. So I try to keep a positive mindset. And this match was one of those sneaky ones, right? Where you're walking the stages like, dude, this is kind of bad. Like, this isn't good at all. Like, uh, I will say that the bottom section, eh, whatever. I kind of wasn't a big fan of those. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of like people try to make shit harder by just adding dumb shit. Like Virginia count, one-handed shooting, you know, like if you want to test a skill, fine. Right. I, I got no problem with testing skills, but to do stuff just to make it harder, just, I don't know. It just kind of, it's like adding a bunch of no shoots. It doesn't really make it harder. It just makes everyone else a little bit slower. Yep. Right. Yep. So yep. Sure, I, I this know, was but, one of those stages matches where, I mean, you look back and it, it was a fun match, man. I mean, they did a good job and I think they did the best job of what they had and, and the, uh, it was a good mix. I think the back end, like you said, was, you know, it is what it is. That's what they had to work with. Um, you know, um, but I thought the stages were a lot of fun. And uh, I enjoyed the top stages a lot. A lot. Yeah. I really enjoyed the yeah. top stages. But I will say, I will say, if you took out the swinger Virginia count stage, which I actually did well on, I, I guess, <laughs> uh, the Virginia stage, and the one-handed stage, the bottom was actually good. They didn't have a lot of standing and shooting other than those two stages. Yeah. Um, and the Virginia and the um, the one-handed shooting, they made a Virginia count. So it just, again, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm just so over that. I like right that now. stage. I took so, second overall on that well, stage. Of course like you this. like it because you did well. Does it? And you're shooting a <laughs> rifle. There's no strong hand weekend with a rifle. That's horse shit. And I and I'm getting ready to shoot a PCC. So I think it's a crock of shit to even allow that. Right? It's just you shouldn't be allowed to shoot strong hand with yeah. you know both hands. If you want to do it, let's make you guys shoot one handed. So that's I do think knowledge. I they think that stage was interesting into one concept. What was you and I spoke about it? Hey, should we back up on those targets to set yourself up for the middle area? Right. So you had an option and. 
a lot of people did. And then, you know, we decided just to open your hips up, rip those targets, and it turned out to be better, right? Couldn't you do the same thing without Virginia count? Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. But <laughs> you see what I mean? Like probably it, back up. It, it, it yes. throws a, yes. It throws an error of like, yeah, I'm not against Virginia count that in that aspect, because look, if you throw an errant shot, it is what it is, man. I mean, if there's a low round count, you know, it's but, just two of them almost back to back. That's all. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like, come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's a huge penalty. It's a huge penalty on stages like that, that can, it's just, it's, it's almost like they're like, Hey, let's just jack up some matches here. And I guarantee yeah. like, dude, some of the top guys in this sport made mistakes on that stage. And it just, oh, yeah. it, oh, you yeah. know, and if you talk to every top shooter I've met so far, there's not a single person like, fuck yeah, man, let's do some Virginia count. Let's, let's look make, you know, it's just agreed. And this agreed. year, I, and I think, I think part of the reason I'm a little salty about Virginia count, this has nothing to do with area one. This is just in general. We have been getting hammered with fucking Virginia count yeah. this year. Every yeah. area match, every nationals. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is going on all of a sudden with like, are we, I'm yeah. assuming they're going like to get the rid latest, of it soon and they're just hammering us over the head with it. I don't know. This flavor. Yeah. almost. It, it's yeah. been nuts, dude. Like the one handed shooting's fine, but, and I will say, and I, you know, I, everybody at area one probably knows this since they were near me when I said this, but the biggest thing with Virginia count that bugs me because it's not that you make me be accurate, right? Because I'm supposed to be accurate from the beginning. You take away my skill set. You make me a B class or a C class shooter. I don't have to make shot calls anymore because I can't make them up anyway, right? Yeah. So at this point, I can just shoot two and go, whatever I get is whatever I get. And you take away my skill set as someone who's busted his ass to learn how to make shot calls. Virginia count takes that away from me, right? So uh, that's what bothers me about Virginia count. It's like you literally made me equal to a C-class shooter when it comes to making shots, right? Or shot calling. If I made the shot call that it was bad, I should be allowed to make that up. That's why you work so hard to get there. I get it. It's part of the game. It's just not, it's just not my flavor. So, but I promise you that if we have a Virginia count stage at nationals, I am going to be so excited because I'm going to tell myself the entire time. I love Virginia count. I love Virginia count. I, I'm going to lie to myself, but I'm going to tell myself that I love Virginia count. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell myself that and see how it goes, because I don't really talk bad before I shoot it. It's just like, as soon as I hear Virginia count, I, I throw up like, and so <laughs> you talk worse about it afterwards if you mess it up or if you don't talk oh, about no. it no no i listen i will tell you so i won a stage at area five that had 20 25 yard virginia count you know it was part-time so technically uh was virginia count i won that stage high overall and the first thing i said after i shot that stage is virginia counts bullshit and i won the stage it's bullshit regardless whether you do good or bad it's it especially 25 yard shots. Like they did the same thing at nationals. Really? Are you kidding me with this shit? Yes. And this That's is what they do. And it's, it's just to be a dick. <laughs> Although 25, I would, I would probably prefer Virginia count at 25 yards than close up. <laughs> you won't, if you walk up to that target and they're not there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, we have a, listen, you, you go and look at Max Michelle scores on that 25 yard shots at nationals. I bet you he don't like Virginia count either. <laughs> oh, so this, this year had 25 yard Virginia count. Carry optics nationals did. Yes, sir. And they had two or three Virginia counts at that match. Again, same thing with Virginia's. Well, you know, we keep getting nationals at ranges that can't handle nationals. So that's what you uh, the range could have handled it. it the, yeah, the range could have handled it. We I've been there before. It, it easily could have handled it. Um, there is definitely some uh, issues there that I, I'm not going to talk about it. So no, you guys can talk about it and I'll just follow along. But I'm, I'm keep my mouth shoe, shut about it. If World Shoe doesn't have a Virginia count, what are, like why? Why? Just get rid of it. What do you think about the... Um... The, the fixed time stage at PCC Nats last year. I like fixed time, even though I know it's Virginia count. People ask me that same question. But the thing with fixed time is it's usually a big stage, like a movement stage or something like that. There's no, like, trickery. It's just you and yeah. the targets. There's I no enjoyed bullshit. it. I, I yeah, never shot no, a fixed time before. Like, I'll, I'll give cool. you a good example. Fixed time is also a little bit different. So if you shoot 12 shots and it's 12 targets, it's 12 shots on the stage, and I have a mic and I make up the shot. As long as I don't shoot over 12 shots, I don't get the penalty for the mm -hmm. mic. So, and I'll explain that. 
if I have 12 shots and I throw a mic, as long as I hit the target with the first one, miss the second, and then make it up, and I don't have an extra hit, I don't get a penalty for shooting the extra shot on that target. So in other words, if you're running through arrays of targets and you know you're not going to get to the last target, if you shot 12 shots total and the last target you never shot at or you only shot one at, you don't get penalized as long as it's not 13, 14, 15 rounds or whatever it is. It's a very confusing thing (laughs) with par time. The other thing I don't like about Virginia Count is you put a ton of pressure on the RO to make the right calls. So they're yeah. counting pop, 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 all these different things yeah. and they make mistakes. It's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought fixed time. It was my first time I ever shot one at PCC Nats and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was challenging, you know, yeah. um, they are fun. I, I enjoy, I enjoy anything that makes me work, like go yeah. faster and, and you and had a accurate and all yep. those things. Yes. I like those. I, I know it's a contradictory to what I just said, but if you take, I still hate them because of the Virginia, but if you like, as a part-time, I love the stage. I love how they work because you got to work. Like you got to really hustle and, and put effort into that stage. And, and only the best shooters should make that part-time if at all. Right. That, it should never be a fucking B class make shooting that thing. That stage alone probably cost me like six places in lady. The part-time. So, yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. yeah. Bad. Well, you are a lot different shooter though. Huh? You are a lot different of a shooter. That that stage right now would be nothing to you. Yeah, you're yeah, way better than what you were. You're you're you gotta you have to look at your experience though. Like <laughs> have you ever shot a part-time before that at nationals? Uh no, that was my first nationals part-time. Oh, so you mean you didn't go out there and hundred percent it? How dare you? <laughs> you gotta understand that your level of experience is gonna affect the level of your abilities or your, your results. I've What's been that? doing I said I got more experience than you. I just am taking a little bit longer to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but experience in, in the wrong shit isn't experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like training the wrong stuff isn't the same. You know what I mean? Like if you're training the right way, then your experience level is going to be a lot different because you're going to see it more often. You're going to understand it faster. It's just we're not training. Right. Yeah, we're not training, right? Especially since you work your butt off all the time just to keep in the sport. So um area one i want to talk about this kind of it's not shouldn't be controversial but it might get a little spicy because people just don't like um they never actually want to try to get better I, they just want they don't want to hear any any negative they just want everything's perfect and rosy chrono at 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 area one was an absolute shit show like it was a mess and if you can't tell them I'm in cursing a little bit more than I usually do on this. I'm a little spicy today. <laughs> um, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And I, I'll give you a, 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 for me, it was fine. I passed chrono, but I, I want to give a couple of examples. Um, they had never used radars before you could tell. Um, they, the radar that they were using the time they, one worked, one didn't work. Then they both work and they were just way off. The readings were terrible. Like we, like there was one of the guys, Bill, that was with us, his chrono in, in, um, for limited was like, his gun would have blown up. Like, I think yeah. he had a, like a 195, 100, uh, 195 power factor. Like it was gonna, <laughs> his gun would have blown up like 1 million percent just exploded no way man he's like um no i'm at 171 or 173 all year long so that was kind of weird you know you just kind of like chalk it up maybe the weather or whatever it is which it was beautiful and then so like i'm getting guys with you know open guys are shooting 180 195 power power factor like their guns aren't like they're not that hot so Day two, Chrono gets moved to a different location on the range, and I, we do Chrono on our first after our first stage. And I walk up, and the Chrono on the right isn't working, right, because the battery went dead or whatever it was. So he weighs my gear, everything was good, and then he shoots my gun, and I shoot 905, 905, and 80, uh, 8, 895, something like that. So I shoot perfect for what I'm shooting at 147 grain brass monkey bullets, right? Crushed it. He goes, oh, the chrono on the right isn't working, so we're going to delete those three. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm thinking, I don't give a shit about the chrono on the right. If the chrono on the left passes, I don't care about having the higher or lower number. I just want to pass chrono, right? 
it, and it, it just it didn't make sense to eliminate the three that I passed with. It was really odd. So I, I'm not arguing. I just kind of like, all right, cool, man, because I'm new. I'm gonna pass. I, I all my ammo is good. I don't give a shit. So he comes back, shoots it again, and I had one weird round in there. It was just super low, and I'm going. I know that's not right. The gun wouldn't have. It wouldn't even have gone off. Like it would have just dribbled into the barrel. So, but then he shot it and it passed. So it was fine. The thing that I found the weirdest of all the things is he does a gear check at Chrono. <laughs> like he comes over with a card and checks my holster. And I'm like, why are you checking my holster? And he goes, oh, because we're supposed to. I go, you know that they're not checking us on stages at all, at all. Like it doesn't make any sense to check me at Chrono. I've shot six stages already, seven with one. So what did you, what are you checking? Like, oh, you could have ran into a wall or I was like, well, none of them are checking it. So what does it matter? It just, it was the oddest chrono experience I've ever had. Like it was just a super odd experience. I got checked. I got checked shooting PCC. That was the first. With your pistol holster on? Yeah. Or what? No. Like my back hey. pouch has been like, oh, okay, good. I'm like, and she got strip searched. Yes, thing? you did. <laughs> was this the TSA or was this actually chrono? <laughs> That was so lucky for you, for me to get sat down and you were just right there with the camera. I'm not sure who's lucky, you or her. <laughs> that lady, as soon as she saw me video. So in case you haven't seen it, guys, um, I, I might post it in this podcast because I actually enjoy this, but you'd have to go to the YouTube page. But I have a video of Christina getting the pat down from being on the watch list going through TSA. Now that was pretty sure. awesome. It was pretty awesome. So, and just Christina's face just made it all worth it. <laughs> she had the. I'm oh, it was kid. better is when they let her go. You're like, damn. No, I go no. So, so they let her go, and I, as as she walks away, I go, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, that lady was dying. La Those guys were laughing. I, I'm sure they run into a lot of jerks, so it was probably fun for them to have a little little bit of a good time. So, even though I'm sure they don't like being on video because I'm, you know, they probably have to be very careful what they do on there and you know so nobody complains and all that crap so um but chrono dude i will say another thing about area one that i really enjoyed is they had really good staff like everybody was super yes. nice they were like excellent. i remember walking yes. away from some of those stages like holy shit man these people were awesome like i actually enjoyed yep. the ro's more than i enjoyed the stage i shot um, I think her name was Amanda. I don't know if you watch this podcast, but shout out to Amanda. I will never forget you. She's a pilot um, from from uh, Wyoming, Billings. Billings, from Billings, and she was awesome. She made our stage so much fun. She yelled at me. Well, she didn't yell at me, but I pretended like she was so rude and yelled at me because I was starting to walk down range before they cleared the, the stage next to us. And we made a, I made a big joke about it. It was, it was pretty awesome. So it was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time on uh, all of them. They're all know. great. Yeah, They're a lot great, of people, really good people. So yep. and Montana's awesome. Billings, Montana was my very first USPSA club for a full season. I got classified at that club match by match, not a super classifier match. It was <laughs> the entire season before I got classified. I was D class limited. Thank you very much. Um, and that was about seven, seven years ago, at least, I think 2016 is when I was there and I got to see a lot of them. And that was the most heavy female club. And Amanda was the only other single female shooter that was shooting. I think, uh, she was a C-class limited shooter, I feel like, or something like that. And, um, I... I remember her and then Jen was the main, uh, she was the uh, board member for the action shooting. Oh, she's still there. Is she still the same one? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I met her. She's super nice. Yeah. yeah. And then Tammy Waite, I believe she was the match director that match and she works a bunch of nationals, but I know her from billings and then of course uh our teammate mason is there so it was just yeah, really cool to come back and see some of the old people that montana I used to is a beautiful state man it is, place is beautiful it was nice they one thing i noted was there was tons of female shooters which you'll go to clubs where there's like two or three or maybe i'm even the only one 
there you could do a whole squad of females. Sometimes they would just do it just for fun, I guess. And then, um, so there was that, and and then they would always say the pledge allegiance and pray before a match. I'm like, oh, I'm like America. It, it was good. <laughs> oh, you're in America when you're Montana. You can shoot an AR-15 on like the side of a road, and nobody's gonna freak out. And, <laughs> you can pray and say the pledge allegiance. You can it's leave good. your guns in the back of a truck. No one steals them. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we got lucky. That's all that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did we have a good ass squad or what? Oh yeah, they were awesome. We had a great awesome. squad, man. Yep, we had a great squad. It no makes or breaks a match, doesn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> zero issue, none, no issue, none at all, dude. Everybody was great, no problem. And even even being from that squad or from that uh, from that area, I think we only knew each other. Am I right? Yeah, I didn't know anybody else there on our squad. No, so Good. that was kind of cool. Yeah, we fit. I mean, everybody, everybody got along. Everybody fit in. Nancy, dude, Nancy was awesome. She was awesome. Nancy, Nancy, I, I don't want to guess, but Nancy was an older woman. Man, she was awesome. I gave her so much shit talk about the whole match. I was like, come on, Nancy, what, what's the shit? You're getting, you're getting alphas on everything but the targets that are two feet away. And she'd always laugh. She's like, I know it's terrible. I'm like, don't worry, I do the same shit. <laughs> she was awesome. Charlie, I'm like, oh my gosh, Nancy, you need to drink yeah. some water or something. Dude, she's, said, she's, 70, she's 71. Oh, and okay. I was like, yeah. Lord, I feel bad for anybody that breaks in your house, man. They're done. <laughs> she's gonna pull out her open gun and light them up. Yeah. <laughs> I told her, I told her she should quit. She shot like two Charlies on a, like yeah. a 32 round stage. I said, you should quit. You're not good at this. <laughs> she was awesome, man. She was great. Well, this, this lady alpha down the entire yeah. match. And she, she was in no hurry to do it. She just walked the next one, man. She she did really well. She didn't forget any targets. I mean, she she was extremely accurate. Yeah. She was safe too. Like that was another thing. Like I'd watch her walk. She'd walk up to the to the corner, and she made sure that she wasn't gonna fall off that corner. Then do the lean shoot. She'd look. I mean, she was really good. She always made sure her gun was down range, and you know when she was coming up range and everything. She was pretty I awesome. Her and her husband Bill were really surgery. cool. She had some recent surgery or something too. Like, oh, really? I wanna, like long ago, anyways. Yeah. Like within the last few months. Yeah. Know, she, she was she was great, man. I that's the thing, man. This that's what makes this sport so awesome. Is there's so many walks of life that shoot the sport. That's why I got so frustrated with the fee thing because it's like, look, this isn't. It should never be a rich man's sport. This, I mean, obviously, people who have lots of money can do it more and do the thing, but. When you start raising the rates where you take out the normal person, the normal shooter, you're going to lose them, right? And they're not coming back. I mean, we listen, 90% of the people I started this sport with don't even shoot the sport anymore. And it has nothing to do with because they don't want to shoot. It has to do with the cost. It's because the cost has gone up. And it's, I mean, matches have gone up. Everything's gone up. That rate change went into effect while we were at Area 1. Yes, which we didn't know. And I got to say, I know a lot of people don't like, you know, some of the stuff he does. But if it wasn't for Ben <laughs> Stager, I probably wouldn't know half the shit that's going on in this sport behind my back. So the fact that it went and his video posted and I follow a lot of what he does. Um, I, I follow him for the posting of the shooting. I don't care about the drama shit. But when he posted something about the rates going up, I'm like, What? Like, I was really pissed. It's one of the few th times in the last two years that I've been pretty furious about USPSA's board of directors. Like, I was I was pretty, not pretty, I was very pissed off. It was pretty evident because I went on Brian's podcast on Instagram and just let it rip. <laughs> and uh, I was pretty emotional about it. And it really upsets me that, and this happens a lot in our sport, We we do not give a shit about the person that's just trying to stay in the sport. We have kids trying to stay in the sport. We have, you know, guys that bust their ass just to make enough to do this sport that can't go to majors or can't go to matches. And, and you know, that, that nonchalant bullshit attitude that I hear coming out of people where they're like, oh, well, you know, that's his problem or his this. No, it shouldn't be his problem. I'm not saying let's start a welfare program. What I'm saying is, is you should make it so every walk of life can still shoot this sport. You might not be able to shoot it as much as somebody who has a lot of money or whatever it is, but you shouldn't make it so unreachable that you're even running off the local shooters. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, and like you said, I mean, they they fixed the problem. I mean, they 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 corrected it. Um, well, we'll talk. Let's talk about it. So, because we haven't really discussed like whether they fix it or not. So they they did it in when were we in, when were we in Billings? August what first second? I think it was what it was. No, we were there in end of July. End of it end of July. Okay, so the end of July, they did a the USPSA board sat down, had a private meeting or whatever, and decide a board board of directors meeting and decided to raise the rates and basically double all the rates. So what happened is everybody, basically everybody I talked to was were upset about it. And and, and I, I made a post about it. Actually, one it's one of the biggest posts that I've had, um, talking about the and I just basically said it was bullshit. Because there was no heads up. I'm not upset. Let's clarify this since people don't know how to read or listen. Um, my, my stance on this position was pretty simple. I didn't care you raised the rates. You have to. If you haven't raised the rates at all in, at all in the last 20 years, uh, maybe something's wrong there. Maybe, maybe that kind of shows you don't need to raise the rates. If you haven't had any extra cost, why all of a sudden after 20 years you decided to raise the rate? At the most expensive time to do this sport. That's the first thing. That would be my first comment. Second, not a single warning to the members. So you literally just said, well, screw you guys. Whatever your membership fees are, now you're going to double it. Whether you're coming up or whatever it is, you never gave the membership a heads up. Like, hey, we're going to have meetings about this so people could make a financial decision. And I know there's people out there that don't think that the finances matter in this sport. People really live and die by their finances. They make all of their decisions by their finances, okay? <laughs> they, they literally go, huh, I'm not going back to Area 1 next year because it costs two dollars $3,000 to go to that match just because of the financial. So if you think about it, someone else is going, huh, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the local because ammo went to $300 for 100 rounds. So that changes their how they're going to do things. So if you double the rates, and you don't tell anybody, and all of a sudden they go to sign up for a membership, you just screwed a bunch of new members that we probably could have had. Other thing is, it really jacks up the members that are already here, which are already dedicated to your sport. That's what pissed me off. You're literally charging the people that are already here and not giving us a heads up. That's really shitty. Your only idea of how to grow this sport in my opinion, from what I'm being seen, is to gain new members. What about the members that are here that are spending thousands of dollars a year on this sport and bring coming to your nationals, going to major matches, going to area matches, spending hotels in these towns, doing everything that, you know, how you make this big, the sport bigger, and then you go, screw you, pay up. It just, it was just a slap in the face. It was a slap in the face. And I spent two years you're probably never going to hear this again, keeping my mouth shut about all the politics, all the bullshit, because I didn't care. It didn't affect my life. It didn't affect me as a shooter. But you start touching the financial, it does affect me. Now I have to pay double of what I would have paid to be a member of the sport, and it's bullshit. It, it's not right. That being said, I'm very proud to say that USPSA came back out a week after everybody basically jumped in there and said something, and they now changed it to where the, the activation date of those fees will be on October 1st. So everybody likes to shit all over USPSA. I'm not that guy. If I say something bad about them, I always come up with a solution. And, and I always try to see if we can come up with a better answer. I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you for doing that. I know there's a bunch of conspiracy theory guys out there that said they set this all up. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. Yeah. Um, I, I seriously doubt that. Yeah, I, I don't think we think that far ahead, unfortunately, no. in our sport. No. Um, but good job, guys. Like, I hope, I hope, and this gives me faith that you guys are listening to us. I just need you to listen a little bit more. <laughs> so that was my rant. Sorry, guys. I didn't even know if I was going to talk about this because I didn't, I get pretty passionate about this sport dying. No, it, no, it, I mean, they did the right thing and they, 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 maybe they jumped the gun and raised the rates and realized, oh crap, you know, we should have had a grace period or something and they, they fixed it. And there you go. I mean, I'm not smart enough to know, well, how much should they have charged? I don't know, but you know, yeah, the rates should have probably gone up and they, they, they corrected it, gave people enough time to plan, like you said, financially. And I think it's a, you know, I, that is what it is. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So they fixed it.
I think if it was even as much as 48 hours to get your membership, I agree. Less pissed. But no, it was overnight, <laughs> not a single opportunity for those who dedicated the sport to make a lifetime commitment to the sport and get a lifetime membership or, or get their current membership just one year and they would have one more year to, you know, whatever they could afford, they would afford it better for the people that were already in the sport. That was, um, yeah, that was not smart, but it increased. That makes sense. Everything's up everything's up so it just it makes sense for it to go up but for i I don't understand why we tried to there's a couple things about it i don't understand why we tried to gain 20 years of financial backlog in one shot that's kind of what was another thing it's like look if you didn't raise it all these other times for 20 years they supposedly never raise it which is not true actually because when i first started i think uh one year was 35 and they took it to 42 or 45. So they did, they have raised it a little bit here and there. They just didn't affect the other ones like lifetime never changed all these other things. So, which again, that wasn't a huge, and I understand like I figured, Oh, cool. Like it just goes up every year or whatever. So I decided when I started, I'm going to do three years, right? I'm going to do the three year. I never saw a five year. So I think that's something they just added. I always saw a three year. So again, I, I'm new. I was, I'm, I've only been in the sport five years. So like, I didn't really understand like, like I remember, I remember signing up and I did one year and I was like, Oh, cool. I'm gonna do one year again. Then I did a three year and I was like, Whoa, my USPSA number is not the same. What, what, where's all my scores. And it was because I had a TY instead of a, an A right. Or whatever it is. So as I'm, I'm going through this, I'm thinking, why did we just hammer everybody over the head for 20 years of, of screw ups on the financial of, of why haven't we added, just say, okay, cool guys. Um, this quarter we're going to, and I'm, I'm an idiot guys, but I know how it works in quarters. Um, this quarter, we're going to go up $20. Um, second quarter, we're going to go up another $20 third quarter. And that's how you could have just laid it out on the membership very slowly to where they're like, all right, I got to make a decision here if I'm going to go lifetime or not. Right. The other problem with lifetime is you don't get your money back. So if this sport fails, you lose $500 tomorrow. Basically is how it works. So it's very difficult for, <laughs> for most of us to go, huh, well, the sport seems really healthy. I'm going to spend $500. That's a plane ticket to Montana next year, boys and girls. That's why I can't go to area one because I've lost all my money joining the USPSA. I'm just kidding. This is, this is the stuff that where people have to make a decision. Am I going to spend $500 joining USPSA or am I going to spend $500 going to nationals? The, the, so the fact that they're oblivious, in my opinion, what the way they're responding to some of these issues about finances, they're oblivious that us out here in the real world of shooting have to spend money. <laughs> maybe, I, I don't maybe get it. Board members, maybe all the board members shoot open or something. No. Well, here's the problem with this decision that I, that I will say that I, that really struck me and made me think like these guys aren't thinking about what it used to be like for them. They're all lifetime members. So no matter how much everything changes, they don't pay dick shit, nothing. Yeah. Yep. They don't pay anything extra. It's 500 bucks. They're done. So guess what? Screw you guys. Now you got to pay. I don't, I just, that nobody said any of this. This is just what it feels like. This is what the membership feels like. You know how I know the membership feels like this. I've had lots of conversations. I'm not just coming up with my own feelings. Everybody is messaging me. We're having conversations out there in the world. They're all upset about it now to run, to run for an area position. Now a volunteer position. Now you have to pay a thousand dollars to run hundred percent because you have to be a lifetime member 100%. to be an area director. hundred percent. Now Great you call. have to pay your volunteer sport a thousand dollars where you even think about running. What? I am very I glad you brought that up. I thousand yep. bucks. Like, yeah, probably need to take that lifetime thing out of there now for area director because that is like you better give them a I, I don't know that's just that's I that would take so many good people out of the running right off the bat right I, off the I definitely didn't think of it that way that's awesome that's a great 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 point <laughs> that's on. a that's huge because I'll tell you right now 
well, first of all, I'm never running for office because no, no, I'm good. I, I want to compete, but I'm telling you right now, a thousand bucks for a volunteer position. You're hundred percent correct. Probably they expensive. They better yep. pay. Yeah. Want me to put a thousand dollars? That better be a paid position I'm running for. Well, think it about president. Uh, president's a good example. Even if it's a paid position, you still take a risk of paying that 500 or a thousand dollars and then not even winning. So you're, I mean, you're done. You're going to well, spend I mean, a thousand bucks to volunteer get paid at the end of it. And that's like, yeah, but you're, but you're, or, don't, you're not guaranteed the presidency. That's the problem. Like just to run, you have to be, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if you have to have it to run, but I'm pretty sure to run, you have to have that lifetime paid for. You know, honestly, it should be, if you, if you are volunteering as an area director, you should get a free lifetime membership, man. At least like something. I mean, you shouldn't have to pay for it. And if you don't need, don't have it, they should just issue it to you. Just like a president. If you're going to be the president, well, you're getting paid for that. I get it. But uh, I want to volunteer- bring this up because Brian, Brian crushed this one the other day on a podcast. And I didn't, I wasn't quite sure. I didn't know this at the time, but do you know that the, um, the area directors make, have a $10,000 traveling expense, like for, for matches. Since when it was less a- that's how I checked. No, they've had it for a while. So, so, I, well, no, no. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 10,000 that he said. So I, I haven't looked this up. So, oh my God, if I'm wrong, please don't quote me for, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put out the wrong information, but he quoted, Brian quoted that they have $10,000 or, or it's a very large number. Okay. For area directors. But here's what he brought up that I thought was a great point. And I didn't really, I wasn't on the podcast, so I didn't really, you know, have a chance to talk to him about it. <laughs> He said, why do you have a $10,000 stipend or basically have that, that budget for your area? If you're in area six, it doesn't cost $10,000 to travel to all the area matches. You have one area match. And if you're going to locals or whatever you're doing, it doesn't cost $10,000 to travel just within those three or four states. If you're going to area two, where's your, why are you going to area two on the USBSA's dime? Now, I'm not saying they are, but this is part of the issue, right? Like if you have $10,000 and you spend that $10,000, you should only be spending that $10,000 or whatever it is. Even if hell, even if it's $500, I don't give a shit. Even it's $5,000. It should only be in your area because those are your voters. You should not be going to area two with that money. It should be invested. Part of that should be invested in your area. That would be a great point, but they don't take care of clubs at all. Well, then maybe this is a, maybe that's a de facto salary you know but what's this but you can't touch that in the way they do it like okay. it, the, the rule is you you have to spend it's a traveling expense right it's like if you're traveling and it doesn't cost ten thousand dollars to go from florida to north carolina north carolina to alabama uh, no. listen those flights are super cheap right like obviously if you're in california might be a little different. You might have some travel, a little more travel costs there, but still, you should, ten thousand dollars is a lot. How much have we spent on travel this year? A lot more, but I don't. I, I also am not an area director. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I nobody can compare themselves to me when it comes to the sport because I do it for a living, right? So for me, you know, Divide some of my it. expense, some of my expense is because it's advertising, right? It's for me to go out and meet new people, go to shoot matches I've never been to. Uh, you know, I, I it's you know, I've always, I've always felt better when I go out to a match and meet people like, you know, they get to meet the real person and not some bullshit rumor that somebody made up about me and all that kind of stuff. So they get to meet the real person and understand like, Oh man, look, this guy actually does give a shit that I do better. You know, like, and I want to bring this up and this isn't to toot my own whore whore, (laughs) horn. (laughs) I want to bring this up. And I, and I really enjoyed this. This was one of my favorite moments of area one. I had a guy walk up to me and I'm pretty sure he was an RO, I'm not hundred percent sure, but he walked up to me and he had shot the, the match on staff day. And he walked up to me and asked me, he, I was walking a stage and I always wear my radio, just try to block everybody out so I can focus on me. And he comes up and I took my radio off so I could talk to him. And he asked me some questions about the stage and I walked him through the entire stage. And I walked away from that experience. Like, Oh my God, I love this job. He's never paid me. He's not a student of mine. He's never come to a class. I didn't even ask him to come to the Montana class. I didn't give a shit. The The best feeling was to watch that guy go, man, I wish I could shoot this stage again now. 
I was like, hell yeah, I love this job. <laughs> like it was such an amazing feeling to see that dude's light bulb go off. I was like, yeah, let's go. This is the job for me. I just really enjoyed that experience. I didn't even, I, I think his name was Randy. I'm terrible at names, but just such a great, like, holy shit, this guy's asking me my opinion. Like, I still don't, I still am crazy when people walk up and go, hey, Tom. And I'm going, hey, hey, dude, how the hell do you know who I am? I still don't, I still don't live in that reality of that, of what I do for a living. And it's pretty awesome. It, it's, that was a really, really, really cool feeling to get to help that guy out. And the only thing that sucked was I know that guy was like, God, I want to shoot this shit again. I've been there before. I might have had that a couple of times at that match. <laughs> So, but it was fun. Uh, you know, I just, I enjoy those experiences with people and I don't, I've never been in a sport where you get that and you get that in this sport, right? I mean, you really do. And, and man, that guy wasn't walking around with gold rings or he wasn't, he didn't look like he was super rich. He just normal, normal guy, you know, just, just loved our, I uh, loved our sport. Like most of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like most of us just trying to make a living and, and love our hobby. Yeah. But you know? Tom, you do that a lot of matches though, dude. I mean, you, you do help out a lot of people. A lot of people ask you stuff and you're, you're there always, you sit there and you talk with them over. I mean, that happens a lot. People just don't choose to see that maybe sometimes, but it happens a lot. Yeah. Area yeah, six Tom, happen quite Tom's often. Asshole. <laughs> you know? So yeah. thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tom Castro shooting Academy next level podcast. This is the end of part one. Tune in next week to listen to part two.